is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site that we have there for you. Again, freetalklive.com. You can actually take control of the content of the site if the site's working. Uh, Because right now there have been a few, uh, let's say, difficulties with our transition. We are moving servers. And whenever you move to a new server, there's always some bumps in the road. How many servers have we had? I think this is our third. So not very many in 10 years. I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like changing. Well, I understand that, Mark. But uh, if you don't change, then the old server can't handle the load anymore of a... Just double up. Do the cloud increase. thing. That's what we're doing, actually. We've moved from a server that is dedicated in a rack somewhere to the cloud, uh, but that's still there's still always some you know difficulties in making that happen. So if the site is non-responsive to you uh, tonight at a certain point, then forgive us and try back in a short bit. In fact... It's not responsive right now. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here. And you can, of course, uh, take control of these airwaves. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right. So there's, as usual, a lot to talk about here. Uh, Nemi, you and I had one of the same show prep uh, pieces by chance uh, that, as we kind of go over things at the beginning of the program here. And one of them is uh, about these squatters in a family home in Colorado. Yeah. Well, did you want to tell me about that? Uh, well, Dana Donovan was in for a surprise when she learned two strangers had been living in her Littleton, Colorado home for eight months. They still haven't moved out, despite a judge's ruling saying they had to be out by this weekend. Oh, boy. On Thursday, a judge had ruled that Veronica Fernandez and Jose Rafael Leva, the two people who were living in the home, had to move out by Saturday morning. But as of Monday evening, said Donovan, 43, said the two were still there. Her husband had filed for some um, forced eviction with the county sheriff's office on Monday morning. And the actual eviction could act, take place anywhere from two to four weeks. But they've been evicted. They are, and, and the sheriff's office is taking their sweet time and changing the locks and actually forcibly evicting these people. But meanwhile, these folks have been trying for several months to get these people out. And they've been living in the basement of a relative's house um, about an hour away. Wow. So they're trying to get back into their own their home? Their own home. Yeah. They had locked it up because, excuse me, um, they had traveled for work because the economy had hit them hard. They I locked see. up their house that they lived in for 13 years and trucked off to go somewhere. Yeah, you figure you come back from a vacation or work trip or whatever and your house is going to be there and the way you left it. Yeah. They called to check in with a neighbor and the neighbor said, oh, well, you have people staying with you. Uh, do you these people are staying in your house. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, nobody's supposed to be staying at the house. So the police have been trying for six months to get these folks out. They haven't been trying like very hard. Broke in. I'm surprised that somebody didn't just you know, walk in and say, hey, today's moving day. Drag them out by the hair. I really am surprised at that. Now, Renner's I, rights, Mark. Renner's rights. We, rent, we just went rent? through this. Did in, somebody pay rent? No. That's really awesome. Let's, let's talk about rent. But there are all these ridiculous uh, rules out there that the government has that protect people who rent. Uh, that or gives don't them all rent. Kinds of, or I guess in this yeah. case, squat. Uh, but there's all kinds of like people who live somewhere's rights. And uh, apparently your rights as a landowner, a property owner, or a landlord don't matter. I mean, the, the basically, people who are not landlords uh, get their way, and people who are landlords get screwed in almost every place that I've ever seen. I, I, I That tends to be the case, but this doesn't seem to be that circumstance. Also, you know, 
it's going to be difficult. Really, it's that possession is nine-tenths of the law kind it of really situation. Yeah. So you need to be in possession of your property is really what it comes down to. Because then the people that go to the police and say, this guy kicked us out of the house with a gun, right. you know, or whatever, yeah. um, you know. This guy's moved into our living room with a Rottweiler and a shotgun. I mean, it's not their living room. You, you know, it's just, he, he, it's not like you got to point the gun at anybody or even have to have the gun or anything. You know, just go sit in your house. If they go and sit in your house, you go sit in their house. So these folks tried to ha- have restraining orders issued against the people to to stay away from the house, to get them to try to move out, tried all of their courses of action to to get them out so they could move back into their home that they own and um they the people who are living there um asked for an injunction and it was given just like a temporary restraining order wow. against the restraining order so it's where what good is government doing in this situation well, yeah that was going to be my question is boy thank goodness we have the government here to protect our property rights Right. Because they haven't done a damn thing for these people. I mean, there's a quote here. I don't know what, where your story is coming from, Nemi, but I've got one from MSN. Yeah, I'm from no, ABC. This one uh, from MSN has a quote from the homeowner on CBS4's website. Yes, we had a judge rule in our favor and gave them 48 hours to vacate. They aren't budging. They're still living there and won't move out. They were aware that they were being scammed the second we got back to Colorado because we told them that was six weeks ago. Let alone we found when we found out they were living there in March, we sent Littleton PD over to our house, and that's when they produced the phony documents and were allowed to stay there. Right. They have had plenty of time to move. They are running this thing to the very, very end. We now have to pay the county sheriffs to evict them, but we can't do anything until Monday. Then... We will get a date when they will go back there or go there and physically remove them. So, in short, no, we did not get our home back in 48 hours. This is an outrage. It is. So, they had a judge rule in their favor and still and these nothing happened. And people are going to tear this house apart yeah. if they haven't done it already which sounds like people that you know that, that intended to stay someplace for a year for free are you know probably not taking very good home care of this home but you know you're probably going to be totaling this house when it comes to insurance these people are going to tear this house apart when they leave i hope not I, I hope not, too. This is a prediction of mine. Yeah. And the prediction is, is really, oh, we've got two weeks until we got to get out of Got to get out of here. Uh, things are going to look real nice when we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because these, these people aren't uh, clearly don't feel any shame for having moved in. Now, I don't know what happened. Maybe they did rent to them or something like that. I, I'm not I'm not certain what the situation is. But if I'm to take this family's word. Uh, you know, I mean, these people don't seem to have any shame for having moved into a place and not paid for it. Those same kind of people are going to feel all kinds of indignation when it comes to being kicked out of a place that they don't have to pay for. And that indignation is going to, uh, you know, present itself in, you know, all kinds of destruction and feces and, uh, you know, things left burnt. See, why let it get to that point? Somebody moves into my house. It's my house. Show me a deed or, or get out at gunpoint i don't i don't know that's how i that's how i feel about it like why are they why are they messing around if one's going to use a P- gun for something footing is is not the word i was going to say but it'll do <laughs> if, if if one is going to use a gun it would seem like the d- protection of one's home would probably be one of the foundational reasons to use it i'd be very you know i, I think that using guns is something that one needs to think very very uh seriously about well now these people in the home believe they own the place Okay, now, then I need to hear more. 
Because I okay. didn't. Because you said there was a piece of paper. Yeah. According to, according to this, they paid a man named Alfonso Carrillo five thousand dollars for a deed of adverse possession. Mm. Uh, it's unclear whether they believe they could really get the house for five thousand dollars, or if they were making additional payments to Carrillo. He has refused to uh, talk. He's currently facing criminal charges. I don't charges. see why you couldn't get a house for five thousand dollars in Absolutely. a bad market. You You're not going to get a deed from a guy who doesn't have the ability to sell a house. I'm sorry. You're just not going to. Well, he's a former he's real a estate of, agent. A, right. So he's got some level of understanding on how to do these things. He has and what, been stripped of his license. He has been part of at least a dozen schemes throughout the Denver area. And apparently he's refused to talk to the TV station, has filed federal lawsuits against law enforcement agencies, accusing them of harassing the Hispanic residents of the home. You have better, you have better news than I do, Ian. This is, a ten, this is compared to yours, certainly not. Uh, yeah, I mean it. It certainly changes the fl- changes the flavor, flavor of the story of it. completely. Sure does. Um, yeah. You know, in this in that circumstance, you're you're talking about some people. Yeah, you know, I mean, is it a deal that's too good to be true? It mm-hmm. sounds like a deal that was too good to be true to me. But it's not like nobody's bought a five thousand dollar house Go in to this Detroit. marketplace. <laughs> plenty of them. There's plenty of them. In Memphis. You have a thousand dollars or less. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of places in the United States where you can buy houses for for that kind of uh, uh, amount. And I wouldn't be surprised if you're like, hey, I just got to get out of here. And- five grand for a house you can live in, Mark. Yeah, but absolutely. even so, I mean, Do you this should have been a rel- prices in Berlin, New Hampshire. This this should have been a relatively uh, fast, pr- you know, problem to solve. I mean, only one person has the paperwork trail that's legitimate. It should have been a quick look at. Okay, yeah, clearly these people still own the they house. They should have done a, a title check. Sure, right. right. These exactly. these folks need to move out asap. More coming up. Free talk live. MineThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we give to you. Uh, They include the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that. uh, That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. The phone lines here brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. Visit them through their banner on our website at freetalklive.com. It's the first banner right there at the top of the banner column. Once again, that's SACL CAI. As we go to the phones and your thoughts, Eric, listening in Columbus, Ohio, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Hi. Hey. Um, I was calling in tonight because I was listening to Monday's episode, and I heard Mark take a call about uh, a guy calling in about an atheist show that you guys did about two weeks ago. 
Or is this the uh, the Sunday show where Mark and Stephanie were talking about atheism versus theism? Yeah, this was, yeah, yeah. Right. It was a, it was a call about that show. Right. It was called about that, and then I went back and listened to the Sunday show, and I, I, I kind of wanted to clear some stuff up because some of the stuff that Mark said kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Because in defining atheism, Mark takes the definition that atheist position is that they know there is no God. And no, I, I, I don't take that position. I think that some uh, atheists take the position that they know that there is no God, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. That okay. you, you you have the definition of an atheist is somebody who says there is no God. Right. And, what is the definition and, of an atheist? And how it's I, a person I who lacks define, belief. Right. Exactly. I, I would define myself as someone who doesn't believe in God. I'm not saying that there is no God, and you'd probably be hard-pressed to find any other self-proclaimed atheists that say they, they know there is no God. I think I could find Stephanie. Who, well, and, and that's strongly, fine. I think I certainly have come across that, that myself, but I don't I don't spend a whole lot of time contemplating my lack of belief in God. Is that I the think difference if, between a strong atheist and a regular atheist? I've re- right. I believe I've read the article that you're referencing, and, and I don't I don't think I, I I am a strong atheist. I don't know what it really means to be a weak one, but I don't. Well, I guess the difference to to me, I mean, my understanding would be that a, a weak atheist is just saying that uh, they don't believe in God, whereas a strong atheist is saying that there is no God. Hmm. Right. I, I would say that would be a, a pretty accurate definition. And also, with uh, agnostic, you. Being agnostic and being an atheist aren't mutually exclusive. You Correct. can be an agnostic atheist, and most are. Saying, I don't believe in God, and I don't know. So, right, you, you can kind of land on those two. But it sounded a lot of times that uh, it was being asserted that atheism was a positive position. It's just a rejection of. You know, I, I thought that we did a pretty good job of sort of meeting out the difference between sort of these uh, the strong atheist, the you know position, the atheist position, the agnostic position. I I felt like we went over that, but if you don't think we did, then that's fine. What I would say is is that uh, agnostics don't know, atheists believe that there isn't one, and um, you know a strong atheist knows there isn't one. Ian is be- right. I'm, I've actually just pulled this up. It's been a long time since I've read um, about dot com has a really good section on atheism. Very. It's pretty uh, comprehensive. And weak atheism is the absence of belief in any gods. And strong atheism, as Ian said, is going a step further and saying there is not one. So I would say that a strong atheist is more likely than a weak atheist to be an evangelical atheist, uh, to be one of those uh, pushy atheists that's always trying to uh, bring the subject up and uh, convert people over Tell so, people how dumb they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that that's probably the weakest position that atheists have because they have the they, they have a strong high ground if they want to have it. But what they really want to do is they want to go, ha, 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 you're a dumbass. You know, that they, <laughs> they spend their, you know, a, a lot of them, the ones that you hear about on the Internet, spend their the time atheists. combing the Internet, especially Facebook, finding places to interject themselves and to talk about this what would be uh, to every most other people a relatively meaningless topic? Um, you know, I mean, there are people out there that this is a very meaningful topic to. Wait, whether or not God exists? Yeah, 
Wouldn't I think you a lot say of people, that? I think that means a lot to a lot of people. I don't think it, a, a lot of people, but a lot of people on a planet full of seven billion people isn't that many people necessarily. I don't think well, that the average it, person cares. Country, well, in this country, it seems to be heavily that way. And I, I, I'm a native of New Hampshire, so I know in New Hampshire it's not as bad. But I currently am in Ohio, and uh, almost everybody here is a believer in God, well, and a lot of them how many of them go to church? How many of them go to church? It's a 10% of the, the United States population goes to church. I find that a little low, considering that New Hampshire is somewhere around 20%. I don't think that that's the case. I can, um, you know, I'll be happy. Yeah, I'd to like look. to see your source on that. Please. I'd, I'd love to to take a look. Um, you know, take a look at that. Define I, going to church once in a year, once every week, oh, once every month. Yeah, I would think that you would have to go to church at least, like in real life, for real, once a month, in order to be called a, a churchgoer. Even more often than so that. So dropping in for the Christmas right. service doesn't count. I don't think that counts. I think that that's somebody who's going for the the pageantry and the uh, the nostalgia of church, not so, actually going for church. So, Eric, uh, what are you still doing down in Ohio? Plans to make the move back to New Hampshire? Yeah, I'm hoping to move back next summer. Um, of course, the housing market's really bad, so I'm going to take a really bad hit on my current house if mm. uh, something doesn't turn around soon. So well, uh, it means that you'll have a better hold me at the moment. You'll you'll have a better buy when you move to New Hampshire. Is that's the true. idea? Well, that's, that's the hope. <laughs> and, well, I mean, the, the, the housing prices are the best they've they've been in a long time. I don't know whether they'll go down, but it doesn't look like it. I mean, if you the keep best an, for the buyers, you mean. The best for the buyers. Right. If you keep an eye out on, uh, if you've been keeping an eye out on real estate, and I think anybody who has it ha- um, has been, and, you know, this is probably, I'm just guessing this is going to be, in the next 12 months, the best time to buy. Yeah, so, yeah, it really depends on... Uh at what what happens out here, and hopefully things turn around a little bit. Uh, the area I'm in is slowly starting to develop some new stuff, so we'll see. Hopefully I'll be back in the summer or fall of next year. Great. Any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Uh, no, that's it. Appreciate the call, Eric. Thanks for making it tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I, I happen to be uh, – I'm like you, or I was like you when I was an atheist. And, I mean, I didn't really think too much about – uh, Christianity, or like you know, try to. Didn't you have control. a pendant, uh, a uh, an upside down? Well, pentagram? when I was a new atheist, I was kind of in the the uh, excited phase. But over uh, time, no. Every opportunity you got to say I'm an atheist on the air, you said I'm an atheist. Don't listen to him, Nimmy. Like it, he wore that stuff on his sleeve. Yeah, I'm not too <laughs> mouthy about it unless somebody's getting all up in my stuff about God. Yeah. Well, when you're on the air, it's a little bit different, right? Oh, yeah, but uh, in real life, eight five five four fifty three. You're saying you have a character for the on-air? I mean, you're not giving the audience no, your no. genuine person? I am absolutely giving people my genuine person, <laughs> but uh, if somebody calls in and they had a very Christian viewpoint, I was likely to come out with the fact that I was an atheist at the time, but I'm not anymore. More coming up, 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Website features include news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. When you need to know something about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first if you are on the news list. We've got email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method is uh, preferable to you. You can go and get signed up for free, of course, at news.freetalklive.com. That's news.freetalklive.com. We were just talking with uh, Eric, uh, who was mentioning that he's got a plan to make the move to New Hampshire. And that's likely due to the Free State Project, the best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime you got to get together with other people that love the ideas of freedom and are willing to do something about it. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the reason why Mark and myself are in New Hampshire. Uh, Nemi, you didn't have to move. You were born here. I was born here. here. Uh, so you got the benefit of having all these uh, wonderful liberty-minded folks come here and, uh, and get active, which I think the, is just uh, – it's, it's already having an effect. We've already seen uh, Free State Project participants getting elected. Uh, we've seen laws in some cases uh, being repealed, like the ban on carrying certain types of knives. Uh, that has been completely gotten rid of. I believe closing the criminal threatening loophole was a was a free state endeavor as well. The uh, and the the budget also has been lessened as well, which mm-hmm. uh, is very unusual for any state government to ever do. That actually happened uh, last more year. than eleven percent, yeah, almost twelve percent, and that's not the budget. Twelve percent of what the budget was supposed to be increased to. It was twelve percent of the budget. The year before, I can't I mean, you know, governments never even talk like that. The very fact that they'll even speak about the budget cut in those in those terms is what I find to be the the biggest victory. Sadly, the 12 percent cut in the budget only brought back the 2012 budget to the 2006 level. Well, it's a nice first step. And it's oh, it's a huge first step. It's it's actually happening, and uh, and more people moving just means more possibilities. It means more activism. <laughs> I recommend moving to any state that cut its budget last year, which would be just just New Hampshire, I'm sure. Uh, so you can go to freestateproject.org. Oh yeah, and by the way, uh, it uh, I think it was CNBC. They chose New Hampshire as the best state to live in. It, it, it beat it, Hawaii. It gets right. <laughs> well, Hawaii, Hawaii has two. poisonous stuff. I'm sorry. Anywhere you have to shake out your shoes, I don't need to learn Wait, a new they don't habit. Have poison like ivy that. in New Hampshire. W- poison ivy is not like a poisonous creature. Oh, what you, you mean, mean is venomous? Like, the, right. The term venom. Yeah. Well, uh, things have venom that aren't poisonous, don't they? Um, I, I don't know. Anyway, poisonous stuff. We don't have things a, strike. Right, that are going to bite me like scorpions. Yes. I don't need to shake my shoes out. I will live with with three months of winter, four or five months of winter, to to not have to worry about poisonous snakes or big big snakes camping out in my backyard or tarantulas or anything like that. There's none of that here. I lived in Florida, and we have uh, what I four, four varieties of venomous uh, snakes there. I I don't think I I very rarely saw any of them. If I saw any of them at all, uh, you don't I, have alligators in New Hampshire. Um, you know, the, the, to me, <laughs> well, they do have alligator steaks. There are Hampshire. lots of advantages to New Hampshire. Um, you know, I mean, the relative advantage of uh, venomous things versus pushing white stuff around for three months out of the year, I don't find to be the proper trade-off. However, I would say that uh, you know, if you're if you're looking for a good place to raise your family and uh, a nice place to be able to find people that think like you do, if you think about if you think about the ideas of liberty as important, then New Hampshire's the place to be. Well, right. If weather is more important than liberty, then you should just go move wherever your weather preferences will take you. 
if you love freedom and you want to actually have more of it in your lifetime, you've got to get together with other people that think like you do. So and go. snow is fun. It's great to talk about wintertime on it a day like today me. because it was it was great. I went out. I went swimming. Four different water holes today. A great day to have off. Must be nice. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool Let's to be me to today. Hassan, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hassan. Hello. Um, yeah, I pretty much wanted to talk about hybrid cars. Like, sure. there was a discussion oh, awesome. on the yesterday. Yeah, well, and just to bring uh, Nemi up to speed and any, anyone who was tuned in or who was not tuned in yesterday, uh, Derek J. brought in a uh, piece about the Chevy Volt. And apparently for each one of the Chevy Volts that has been sold thus far, taxpayers subsidize, subsidize a quarter of a million dollars for each. I can't imagine that subsidy coming. I mean, it's $40,000 for that car from the get-go. Right. Yes. I mean, <laughs> okay, the taxpayers should kick in a little more so that we can sell them at 20000 and people will actually buy them. It's crazy. Uh, but anyway, Hassan, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, basically, it's like even even with all of that in mind and the high failure rate of some of the hybrid cars, there are many other problems with them. <laughs> like for example, like what's rarely ever mentioned is the lifespan of the lithium ion battery that the car uses. Oh well, yeah, batteries have a limited. Have you ever heard of a, a, a of, of a hybrid car running out of uh, its battery going bad? Yes. It costs about five thousand dollars to replace. I own a. That's a, for a brand new one, but you can get them from the the you know from the junkyard for eight hundred. Yeah, I don't know that I would take a, a battery out of a car at a junkyard. I, I, I don't know found... that I would. But I own a Toyota Prius, and I have for several years now. It's a, it's a great car. I have about um, two hundred thousand miles on it. And it's I'm still on my first battery, but that's definitely something you don't really consider unless you're an informed consumer. Mm. I, I have to agree with the caller for sure, because I don't know when that battery's going to crap out. I really don't. And it could be any time. Sure. And it's mostly computer stuff. So if one $1,500 part goes bad, how is that going to affect my car, how it runs, its gas mileage, its overall? You know, I personally am, am still in love with the old pickup truck just plain simple no computers no no clock no radio no nothing just pickup truck so are you satisfied i mean on one hand you say you like the car on the other hand you would rather have a pickup truck i mean are you satisfied i i i do like my car i do think that i've gotten my money's worth on my car i don't think that it's as green as it's uh, marketed for sure, because you have to dispose of these batteries, too, and the cost of that can be significant for the mileage that you, you have. And in terms of keeping the car, I mean, body-wise, my car is, is good. But again, do I want to spend five grand on putting a new battery in that car? Do you want to put that to a new car mm-hmm. that I'm not necessarily going to have to have that shoe swinging up in the rafters waiting for it to drop? You know, when I'm closing out on 200 or 300 or 400,000 miles, I had a 1985 VW diesel Golf that had all torque and no horse, and it had close to 400,000 miles when the body finally rotted out wow. on it. So, Hassan, uh, how do you feel about all this? Um, like, it, it basically makes owning it more expensive, and there are other issues in addition to that. As you use the charge cycles up, the battery capacity goes down over time. It'll hold less and less of a charge, which means that the hybrid process that it goes through will get you less and less gas mileage. That's right. Yep. How much you're putting in there. So So that's interesting. So when you buy the thing, you get the maximum efficiency, and it looks really impressive, but then over time, it uh, kind of peters out a little bit? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that basically happens. And then they try to basically quell the crowd of people who are angry about this 
by offering something like a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty on the battery. But there's so many loopholes in that warranty that they don't have to actually offer it. Like, for example, like for the Toyota Prius, they'll say, like, oh, if, if, your car, if the battery hasn't been charged, if it's not a plug-in hybrid, if it hasn't been used within two weeks, like if it's gone longer than two weeks without being mm. used, that voids your warranty on the battery. Mm. And yeah, they can probably plug like in that. some kind of an, a diagnostic uh, equipment and find out when the last time you turned oh, the sure car on can. was. So, yeah, Hassan, anything else you want to share? Things like that. And that's pretty much it. Thanks so for bringing that up. It increases your cost over time. I appreciate hearing from you, and uh, thanks for the call tonight at 855-450-FREE. Don't people have to adopt new technologies in order for those new technolo- to technologies better. to get down? I mean, if everybody said, oh, well... Plasma screen TVs cost too much to adopt. Um, then if they didn't buy plasma screen TVs. Then you wouldn't be able to get them as cheap as they are now. I mean, I agree. actually it's LCD screens that are cheap now. I don't okay. know how much how cheap plasmas are. I don't think they really ever hit big. Okay, well I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't owned a TV in years. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Yeah. Mine mine was made in 1997. Please amp at amp <laughs> <laughs> The amp money does not go to Mark. <laughs> It certainly would not go to buy him a new television set. <laughs> and yes, your TV set is old. Uh, it is not plasma technology yeah, at all. No, something like that. 855-450-FREE. It's not even HD. 855-450-373. I don't have the money to spend on that kind of stuff. You can take control here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you can amp the program. And as mentioned previously, the amp money does not go to purchase nice new things for, uh, for Mark. Uh, the AMP money, uh, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. So the idea is you send in 3 bucks a month with any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our site, and that money is invested into Free Talk Live, getting us on more radio stations around the country. Hopefully we'll be announcing two new stations uh, early next week, and uh, we have over 100 stations today. Most of them, most of them thanks to the Free, state, or, <laughs> to the free Talk Live AMP program. Uh, Restate Project's great, too. But, uh, yeah, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. You can get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, podcast, and more. And, by the way, the AMP podcast does not have the commercials that you normally hear in the regular podcast. So, once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We were talking about in the the last segment these sort of uh, hybrid uh, vehicles and, and things like that. Uh, Hassan called in regarding this topic. And I find it, you know, this is something that I've spent a little bit of time on recently doing some research. And 
I, I don't like the idea of driving a gasoline vehicle because I know that gasoline tends to be, you know, it's easier to get gasoline from sort of better oil than crude oil than it is to get from like shale oil. So I began my search for having a vehicle that was not powered on war. Um, mm. Now, I'm no bedwetting liberal by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't like killing people for corporate gain. And from what I can tell, there's a certain amount of that going on in uh, the war on terror and the, the wars of the Middle East. Well, that would pretty much make it so you'd have to have an all-electric car, right? Maybe. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, yeah, I mean, we can talk about the, that angle of it. For one, I mean, what de- other options are there that diesel fuel is uh, shale oil is easier to make in a diesel fuel than it is into gasoline. So if you're driving a diesel powered vehicle, then you're probably not driving a vehicle that was powered on war. You could also do the diesel with the uh, the biodiesel. Biodiesel, yeah. you certainly can if you want to spend your time running around to restaurants, restaurants. begging them for their uh, and paying them for their old uh, grease and then filtering it and then putting it in. And things Actually, like there is a there is a station in Keene that does that. Okay, great. Down at the college. Wait, there's a station? Yeah. That vends old restaurant oil. Yep. That's fascinating. So uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it sure is. A friend of mine, um, I was just saying this in the chat room. Um, a friend of mine has a fleet of Passats that he's converted uh, VW Passats mm-hmm. from uh, diesel to biodiesel, mm-hmm. and it's that's one of the the places. He says it's really limited because that it hasn't expanded. Uh, that it's not he can't drive far enough to get it. There's not another station. Well, right, yeah. There's there's you know, a real the market uh, right. problem there, at least right now Thank with uh, with the fuel because people can only eat so much fast food. I guess. I mean, America eats a lot of fast food, but not enough to support a growing market in biodiesel. And, and certainly, they can find other ways. But like I said, diesel fuel itself tends to be uh, you know extracted from shale oil, which comes from the North American continent. So you know you can say what you want about that, but it's hmm. pr- the carbon and all that stuff. But probably no one was killed over that though that particular fuel you're putting in your vehicle hmm. and then and you get better mileage on that don't you you do the tdis from volkswagen which uh nimi here uh, is, is practically uh, wearing a t-shirt for i love uh, i have several vw t-shirts actually <laughs> um I, you know they're they're good for that they certainly are they cost a lot uh, initially and they as a matter of fact as used cars they hold their value like you wouldn't believe hmm. um yeah i remember you telling me about that. i was looking, and looking, and looking and looking yeah. and looking and looking uh, and i was very interested i you know I looked and looked, and then I was started looking at the hybrids. I was thinking, well, you know, if uh, diesel feels good, then maybe hybrids are better. And, you know, you can take a second-generation Prius, turn it into a plug-in. Yep, there are battery costs. There's no doubt. But what, what was concerned for me wasn't hydrocarbons or any of those other things, you know, the, the longevity, the, the, the cost. Well, cost is certainly a concern, but, I mean, you know, the main concern for me was, was uh, war. Now, certainly— the electricity that I use in my house comes from some kind of fossil fuel, but, you know, maybe coal, maybe wood. Actually, there is a wood-fired electric plant being built here in the New Hampshire. I don't know if it's up online yet. And what happened for me was somebody sold me one of these little mile-per-gallon meters. You can get them, you know, you can get them online. You can probably get one through Amazon.freetalklive, excuse me, through shop.freetalklive.com. And... You know, purchase one there. I paid. It was used. I got it for 50 bucks. I put this thing in my car and my car, which was getting, you know, 27, 28, 29 miles per gallon previously. Immediately when I was getting feedback on how I drove, I began to drive differently. Hmm. And I'm now getting like 42 miles to the gallon. Yeah. 
So and just your regular old gas car, right? If you assume that the United States imports, you know, X percentage of gasoline, and then that percentage is somehow fungible. By the way, uh, I've also found out in my research that usually the imported oil tends to go towards the government and the military, which huh. use a tremendous amount of fuel, yeah. and that mostly, um, and because of the costs, you know, the United, the, the Navy, I think, in Iraq, they're spending something like three hundred dollars for a gallon of diesel fuel to power generators to. Uh, cool tents um, and the Navy, you know, doing exercises or something. It was $26 per uh, gallon of fuel that they were burning in their green fleet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you find uh, that you find these in, this information out and you're like, oh, oh, well, they're just killing people for their own fuel. Um, it seems crazy. To the, seems to be the case. They obviously pay somebody to uh, to put it together because, well, you know, they can't run their own businesses very well. But I found that I could diminish my footprint as far as uh, my war footprint as far as, um, you know, gasoline went and that kind of thing simply by putting one of these miles per gallon things in. And I went. From, so you don't feel like it's uh, you need to get a new car. This I, I just don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I went from 20, call it 28 miles to the gallon to 42 huge, man. I mean, miles to the gallon. It's a no, big jump. 33 yeah, percent Definitely just by changing your habits. We've talked about hypermiling on, yeah. on Free Talk Live before. Is that I where you get behind a big truck? No, that's drafting. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's part of hypermiling. <laughs> it, it's one option. It's also there, insanely there several, dangerous. Well, yeah. I, w- <laughs> there is I would some not. Of that. I don't draft in the Prius because the Prius is tiny. But, Have you ever um, seen the video of the dude on his bicycle drafting <laughs> at like insane speeds i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it's it. it's crazy he's like it's somewhere in sweden or some somewhere in the uh the somewhere in the european continent uh where this guy is drafting behind uh, some kind of a truck on the interstate and he's literally using drafting to run from the police on a bicycle <laughs> wow well, i, I would like story. to see that for sure I, I, you know, it sounds like if that car stopped, you'd be dead. You would. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So hypermiling, as we've talked about before, it's just pretty much using the feedback that you get from the car and and just changing your your pattern of um, you don't actually have to slam your foot on the brake as you're coming up to a stoplight. Just take your foot off the gas a little sooner. You know, and shifting it into neutral when you're going downhill. Yeah. I mean, for me, this was the single biggest aspect. Um, you know, the you're at one, you know, fifteen hundred RPMs going mm-hmm. down a hill or something like that. Normally, it goes down to seven hundred and fifty if you shift it into neutral, and you know, you just I it, it, on my way home. There's a there's a big hill in between, so you know, just. The other thing Maybe that I, I do like about my car that I believe it's been mandated that this be implemented in all new cars, gasoline and hybrid, is um, when I'm sitting somewhere at a stoplight and my, my car is up to temp and it's charged and everything, the engine will cut out. It will just go silent. And, sure, it's a hybrid. Right. And that's what it does. And yeah. I, th- I think it would be fantastic if all if all cars do that, especially, you know, That's got to be cities. relatively easy technology to come up with. I, mean, I, I got stuck on the Sunway, I think. Or I forget if it's the Sunway, the big throughway in Chicago for um, a, an hour and a half. And I had my, my little my little light was blinking at me. And it's like, I can't get to an exit. But my car was fine. Wants gasoline? Yeah, it wants okay. gasoline. She's thirsty. Yeah. So if you want to see the video, by the way, uh, just search for cyclist drafting police chase 
on Google. It's the first item that comes up, gizmodo.com. This guy gets up to 60 miles an hour on a bicycle. Drafting. I need to look at this. Okay, so uh, the other (laughs) thing that worked for me as far as cutting down on gas mileage was, um, you you know... And he does it in the rain. (laughs) This guy's going to (laughs) die. It doesn't make any sense at all. What they don't tell you in this video is why he's running from the police. Like, what... Maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe like if he, the police catch him, something worse is going to happen to him than what could happen if he gets in an accident <laughs> while drafting. But uh, hey, I it'll don't blow your mind. Sp- slowing down my speed. I used to you know drive sixty miles an hour, not too much, mm-hmm. but you know just a little bit over those the speed limit because I wanted to get home. You know you, you want to do what you want to do. If I'm going forty, if I take it at forty five miles an hour to mm-hmm. go home. I save just a whole bunch as far as gasoline goes. So I'll be the lead foot blowing past you in the Prius. That's right. That's fine. 855-450-FREE. I'm sure to anger some people behind me. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever you want. Coming up, California cities have a plan to seize your mortgage. But they say it's in your best interest. We'll explain why in moments. Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. So do head over there and enjoy those features. You can actually create the content on the site as well. So all of the items that you see as you scroll down the front page are there because a listener like you, and maybe it was you, uh, took the time to put them there, and the way they got there was you submit things to the site if you would like. If you find something online you want to share with our listeners, submit it as show prep. It can then be voted upon, and the, if it receives enough votes, it will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So in order to help things make it to the front page or prevent things from making it to the front page, you may vote up or down on each item, and you can go to the Upcoming Stories page. Just click Upcoming Stories from the front page of the site. And that'll take you to the page where all of the latest items are that people have submitted to the site. So then vote on those there, and you can help some of them get promoted to the front page. And, of course, yours will be voted on as well if you submit them. Uh, So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. Coming up, the uh, California cities that are planning to seize your mortgage, perhaps, uh, depending. And uh, and then, well, what are they going to do once they seize the mortgage? I'll explain. According to foxnews.com, in the foreclosure-battered inland stretches of California, local government officials desperate for change are weighing a controversial but inventive way to fix troubled mortgages. Condemn them. Officials from San Bernardino County and two of its cities have formed a local agency to consider the plan. This is terrible. The securities industry has been quick to register its displeasure and say it will only make loans harder to get. 
Discussion of the idea is taking place in one of the epicenters of the housing crisis, a working-class region east of L.A., where housing prices have plummeted. Last week brought another sharp reminder of the crisis when the 210,000-strong city of San Bernardino, struggling after shrunken home prices walloped local tax revenues, announced it would seek bankruptcy protection. Now amid skepticism on many fronts, officials from the surrounding county of San Bernardino and cities of Fontana and Ontario have created a joint powers authority to consider what role local governments could take to stem the crisis. The goal is to keep homeowners saddled by large mortgage payments from losing their homes, which are now valued at a fraction of what they were once worth. According to a county bureaucrat spokesperson, he says, We just have too much pain and misery in this county to call off a public discussion like this. The idea was broached by a group of West Coast financiers uh, financiers who suggest using the power of eminent domain, which lets the government seize private property for public purpose. In this case, the scheme would be to uh, condemn troubled mortgages so they could then seize them. The borrowers would then be helped into mortgages with significantly lower monthly payments. So do you see what they're doing? And live in a condemned house. No, the house isn't condemned. Well, they could uncondemn it later. The mortgage is condemned. Well, no, I think they're condemning the property so they can then seize it. I don't think so. That sounds like Wait. How do you condemn a mortgage? How do, how does any intellectual property exist? Well, I'm pretty sure they're condemning they're seizing the property, the mortgage, yeah, from the banks, and then that's right, giving the homeowner the opportunity to live in the house at sort of a lower rate. That's the idea. Now, the banks have been. I I think that I don't think the government should be involved in anybody's business. I just don't think that they should get involved in this kind of thing. However, banks have been who have basically franchises of the Federal Reserve, which is a quasi-governmental agency. This is the government fighting itself, um, essentially, in my opinion. Um, but and, and by the way, there are small banks, and they, they aren't really what I'm talking about in this mm-hmm. um, circumstance. But banks have been so slow, so ponderously bad at responding to people who are in trouble on their mortgages you know, it'd be one thing if they just say, "Hey, look, you know, you got your mortgage at the rate you got your mortgage at. Go, um, you know, go, go screw yourself sideways with a big purple ding dong, whatever it is that they say. Um, fine, but the fact is, they got their bailout, and they were sort of given the mandate to go give the public their bailout, and they've been terrible at giving at passing the bailout down, the trickle down bailout, and that's why these cities are reacting the way they are. The last thing, as a city, you want is for a bunch of banks to own your property and for them to, I mean, take a look at what's going on in East St. Louis, and you'll just see a place that's essentially just barren people are moving out they can't afford it so you know, you'd rather have people living in the houses than people you know uh, you know than the houses being vacant so does that mean you support what's going on here i think it's an interesting way to, for them to look at the problem <laughs> well it's stealing uh they're you so know who's stealing from what the uh gov- government uh, anytime they use eminent who's, domain okay. oh, we know the government's stealing i'm with you who are they stealing from uh, they would be stealing from the banks, but the banks sold these uh, the, the, these mortgages uh, out there into the ether, and they don't even know who owns them. They're, um, well, we don't know which mortgages we're talking about here. 
Right. They may know who owns the mortgage. I mean, they're going to have to know who owns the mortgage to go and steal the mortgage from them. Okay, so the the banks – that's point one, and I think that it's a strong point that the banks don't even know who owns what. The banks, uh, you know, reacted to the marketplace by, you know, offering these uh, terrible uh, investment vehicles that, uh, you know, got – destroyed and i think that they have some culpability for that not just the homeowner secondarily the banks took the bailouts and not all of the banks as you already pointed out right just the big ones okay okay and the big ones they're targeting here indeed we don't know who they're targeting here i said i don't think the government should be involved in any of this stuff but i'd like to say i don't think these banks acted at all righteously and and when you act in an unrighteous fashion and the government comes in and you know takes advantage of the situation color me unconcerned typically eminent domain's been used to clear property for infrastructure projects like highways schools and sewage plants in this case supporters say the public purpose is served because communities battered by foreclosures have seen tax rolls decimated and services gutted and have suffered economic blight. The plan targets homeowners who are current on their mortgage payments but underwater, meaning they owe more on the mortgage than the home is worth. And they claim that this is how it would work if they go through with their plan. The city goes to court and argues that the public purpose is served by having the county own and ultimately refinance the mortgage. The city pays fair market value to the – what they claim will be fair market value to the owner of the mortgage. That is usually a securitization trust, an otherwise passive financial entity used to bundle mortgages and sell pieces to investors that become that became a bigger part of the mortgage market during the 2000 housing boom. So before you go on, um, I, think that, I think that people going to prison for stealing cars is a bad idea. I think that they should be out uh, free working in order to pay people back for the damages that they caused. However, I don't lose one wink of sleep worrying about uh, you know thieves going to jail. I think it's in an efficient in an efficient and inefficiency uh, uh, in our mar- marketplace predicated on people's desire for justice mm-hmm. rather than their desire that than you know what what a logical desire for justice just sort of this emotional drive. However, in this circumstance where these banks have just screwed around, when did the mortgage bubble pop? 2007 it was 5 years ago they had the opportunity to go and uh, they, they've had to, the opportunity to fix these problems they've screwed around and screwed around and screwed around when it comes to you know people's fix mortgages what problems i mean you get into a mortgage there you know what the terms are you sign uh, a contract right i mean right. you got into an agreement yep. and if your housing value drops out the you know the bottom then that's not the bank's fault I, I you know, look. It is the bank's fault. The banks decided to go into business with the Federal Reserve, an entity that creates money out of thin air. They benefit from that by you know being being essentially a franchise of the Federal Reserve. Secondarily, when the Federal Reserve and the monetary policy of the United States benefited them during the housing bubble, they certainly took all those profits. Then they took the bailouts. So. The banks get all the payouts in all different directions. The middle class has lost 40% of its savings. The upper classes, i.e., people that own, bank, own stock in banks, people that work at banks, and you know, by, by that I mean management in banks, you know, the upper class, they didn't lose anything as far as savings goes. The banks made out. The rich people made out. Yes, people sign contracts and you should do what you say. But you should have a fair market in which to, to, um, you know, to, to do business. And when you don't, that, that's a problem.
It's going to cause inefficiencies. Buyer beware, man. Oh, 855-450-FREE. Yeah. 1-855-450-3733. If you couldn't handle the payments, then uh, maybe you shouldn't have gotten involved in a mortgage. Maybe they, they shouldn't have, have stole my tax money to pay off these rich guys. Middle class people hey, bailing out rich people. That, but yeah, apparently you do. 450-FREE. You take control here. It's Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Talk Live. Toll free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the features we have there for you. They include listening options. You can listen live to our streams, which are available to you 24-7. You can get them in three different bandwidth sizes. There's broadband, mid, and narrow band. So whatever uh, connection works best for you. Uh, as far as your internet connection, if you're on dial-up, you've got to use the narrow band option. And uh, there are still some people that use that thing. Not not many, but they're out there. Well, you know, it's in the woods. It's not like they don't have an option. I, I live out in the woods. What are my options? Listen.freetalklive.com is where you can go. Yeah, but you've got satellites. So you can do. You can probably handle the broadband stream. Uh, radio options as well. AM and FM stations across the country, over 100 of them. You can get the list of them there over at listen.freetalklive.com. Learn about our XM channels that we're on throughout the week. The uh, other satellite listening option is your free-to-air KU band channel. The webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. A couple of days ago on the Edgington Post, the Edgington Post is an interview program I do, and you can go to uh, freetalklive.com and Check a little bit on the left-hand side of the page, a little bit down the ways. You can see a link for Edgington Post there and uh, get to do shows. But I interviewed a guy named uh, Tim Cummins. We, we've known Tim for some time. He does a, a podcast called Verbal Surgery. And uh, in that, he just has a, a way of sort of making you feel better. It's a real emotional, booing, um, inspirational podcast. I recommend it for you. It's verbalsurgery.com. All right. So uh, let me just see if I've got this straight, Mark. Uh, we're talking about a California story where California cities have formed some sort of a what they call an authority. They've got this program they're working on where essentially they're going to uh, go to court. They will argue that the public purpose will be served by having the county own and refinance a mortgage in the case of uh, an individual who is still current on payments but is underwater uh, on their uh, on their property. And meaning that uh, they owe more than the the property is worth. And the city then, uh, well, presumably the judge will rule in favor of the city because that's what judges tend to do. The city pays fair market value to the owner of the mortgage. And uh, and then the city, now the new owner of that mortgage, encourages and helps. And by the way, they're using eminent domain in case it wasn't clear. They're, uh, that's how they get to just walk right in and just tell a lender uh, that, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and give you X amount of money and you're going to give us that uh, you're going to give us that mortgage. 
that because you don't get to do that. Like if you just walk into a, a bank and make them an offer of what you consider to be fair market value, they can either accept it or laugh in your face. Uh, Even if they do accept it, they can drag their feet for eighteen months till you get foreclosed upon because they've got one side doing one thing, and you know they're you know the one their their restructuring department doesn't speak to their foreclosure department. So it's a real the, disaster. The city then uh, supposedly will encourage and help the homeowner to find refinancing. Now the principal will be lower and interest rates are historically low, so the homeowner winds up with easier monthly payments. Mortgage Resolution Partners collects a fat, uh, flat fee, but it's also pretty fat, $4,500 per loan for helping the city find homeowners who can be helped and for handling the other mechanics of the helped. process. So there's some uh, there's some sort of uh, you know group here that's going to be profiting. Somebody uh, always this. gets a payout, right? Yeah, I don't. Then, right, it's never where's, you and I. Where's my payout? This it's is never I, you and I. Actually, I believe this Mortgage Resolution Partners is the organization formed specifically for this purpose. Uh, so there's a, some, there's probably some realtors and, uh, and you know real estate attorneys here that are the masterminds behind this particular program, and they've basically figured out a way to use the government's eminent domain process to fatten their own wallets in the process. Well, uh, it benefits the city in the sense that cities would rather have people in houses paying property taxes, um, and actually property taxes get paid by the banks. They'd rather have people in the houses keeping them looking good, taking care of the yards and doing these kind of things, you know, so they can go around and hassle them about having gardens in the front yard but and stuff like that. But these people aren't leaving. They're current on their payments. They want to go after people that are making payments because they want them to keep making payments. Because they want them to continue to make payments. There are a lot of people out there struggling. It's not like the recovery has uh, trickled down to the middle and lower classes at this point um, in a lot of cases. So I don't know if I believe there's a recovery, Mark. Okay, fine. Uh, I mean, they, they talk about a recovery. I, I don't care. I mean, you know, I, I can't. I can't really tell one way or the other. There are some. There's some indicators going in both directions. The company says everyone should wind up happy. The homeowners get lower payments. Cities help clean up the mortgage crisis and shore up their tax base. And the mortgage owning trusts unload a risky asset. However, Rick Rail, an eminent domain lawyer. Uh, who is not connected to the company in question here, says the plan could have unintended consequences, like, you know, discouraging banks and other lenders from making any new mortgage loans in an area. So, as he points out, the lenders are going to be livid. The company says that focusing on borrowers who are current on their loans is a smart way to do business, rewarding those who are already working hard to keep their homes. But if the uh, the lenders out there are can just have their loans snatched out from under them in a moment's notice because the city de- decides that it would be in the city's best interest to take that particular mortgage, why would they give out any mortgages anymore? Well, they they still give out some mortgages because that's what they do for business. Um, but it's true. But if this starts happening on a regular basis, and uh, you know it gets to the point where they don't know which houses are going to be good uh, risks or not, because now all of a sudden there's the extra risk. Of, I mean, you're already dealing with a lot of risk in owning a home. Period, just from weather and and other problems but uh now you've got this extra risk of the uh you know the city could just come in and swoop the whole deal out from under you why not just stick to making other loans like car loans and stuff like that well it could uh it could drive home loans to local banks which might be of some benefit to the the local to the municipalities also because the local banks will be able to act more quickly whereas the national banks probably won't act in any way shape or form i mean this is intended to be a prod against banks that uh you know have had a half a decade to do do something about the the crisis that was created by the housing bubble and these bad practices that were practiced by these large banks in the first place. 
So what what prod them into doing what? You say do something. They're, like what? they're supposed to be, uh, you know, restructuring these mortgages. So like refinancing them, that well, sort of basically thing? saying, oh, well, this house isn't worth what uh, your mortgage is. We're going to lower your payments to this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was part of the bailout deal. That they were forced into. Many banks were forced into it. As I recall, Wells Fargo was one of them that uh, didn't wasn't even interested in it, but uh, the government forced them into it. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that the government always has unintended consequences, but some of these foreseeable consequences these banks should have said is, well, look, look at this run up. The Federal Reserve's printing too much money. The the interest rates on houses are are too low. I mean, I, I, you know, I should have known, but. What was I, a 30-year-old account executive? These people in the banking system should understand bubbles a little better. They should have seen what was coming, and they should have had less risky investments. Timothy Cameron, uh, managing director of the Securities Industry and Financial Market Association's Asset Managers Group, told the authority that the residents of the region would find it harder to get loans and investors would suffer losses. He also said such a move would invite costly litigation. He said the use of eminent domain will do more harm than good. We need mortgage investors and lenders to come back to these fragile markets, but this plan will force both groups to avoid them. It's harder now than before to get a loan. Oh, yeah. Well, at one point, all you had to have is a heartbeat. Right. And, uh, you know, I went into. That's part of the problem. I went into the bank uh, recently and asked about uh, getting a loan. And I went to a bank in which I'm a, a customer and have been for many years. Have money, you know, in the in a bank account and said, "Hey, look, you know, can I get a, can I get possibly get pre-qualified for a loan?" They said, "No way. You, you know, you don't have any. You uh, don't have a job, right? You don't have any uh, verifiable income, or yeah. you don't have an IRS." Sorry, return. it doesn't work that way anymore. I yeah. mean, that was a crazy. It was a crazy practice from the get-go. Well, now this they're saying uh, is going to make it worse if they start taking people's houses through eminent domain. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Your th- hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California is putting on the Challenge of Liberty Seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's one ninety-five for the class and three hundred for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for news updates, email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you. You can sign up for any of them. For free over at news.freetalklive.com. You'll know when, uh, whatever there's up some update about Free Talk Live, you'll know it first if you are on those lists. Go to news.freetalklive.com to sign up. It's free, of course, news.freetalklive.com. You can join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Anything you need to do that, you know, as far as a legal document goes, and, you know, common ones uh, like, you know, a patent, will, trademark, LLC, living trust, uh, you know, whatever it is that you need to make, LegalZoom has it. And they've got it a lot cheaper than you're going to be able to get it from an attorney. Now, they aren't attorneys, but they were founded by an attorney. And Fortune magazine calls them blessedly simple. 
It's LegalZoom.com. I have uh, made my will over there, and it was fast and easy. You can get $10 off your order if you use coupon code FTL at LegalZoom.com. It's coupon code FTL, LegalZoom.com. All right, so let's go to you and your thoughts. Then coming up more on the EBT controversy here in a moment with the uh, people using these uh, welfare cards for buying things like cigarettes and alcohol. Uh, Let's go to Joe first, though, listening in Boise. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was just uh, I was just wondering, uh, you know how Jefferson, uh, I think it was Jefferson or Adams, they had this uh, clause in the Constitution that hey, it's not your right, it's your responsibility to overthrow a corrupt government if they no longer are the uh, protector of uh, the people's rights. You know? uh, was that the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence? I think it's the Declaration of Independence also. You know what's shocking? I mean, there's all these talks about infiltrated militias and stuff. Whatever happened to the right of the citizen, the militias and people, it's every 18-year-old male out there. You know, I mean, there, there's so many people that are cowards that are afraid of, you know, fighting for freedom. It's well, what do, you mean, what do you mean when you say that? What do I mean? They're afraid to fight against the, the corrupt. Fight, in, fight in what way? Why, why, don't, why don't people stop talking about impeaching Barack Obama and grab him? A huge mob of people running there. Yeah. Grab his I thought that's what you were getting at. Yeah, see, I don't really support violence as a solution. I don't think that uh, is going to lead us to anything that's productive. If they don't listen to diplomacy, though, the Declaration of Independence said that part of the reason why they broke from King George is because he wouldn't listen to their, their pleas, you know? You know, I was this frustrated um, at some point in my life. I mean, you, you can see the government just doing the opposite of what it says it's going to do. It's you see, Whenever it gets away involved, with yeah, they do. They do. And I was this frustrated at one point. But I want to make it clear. Um, the A, you don't have to be this frustrated. If you really believe in the ideas of liberty, there's a place called New Hampshire where people are moving and getting active. And these are people that aren't doing one little act that won't do anything like grabbing one guy that claims to be the president or whatever, because that won't do anything. It won't change anything. It won't stop anything. The Constitution... It might get you killed. The Constitution yeah. is a flawed document from the beginning. Um, it, it, this oh. is... Oh, you can't say that, right? The, this this <laughs> oh, is the boy. government. We know what the Constitution will do in 230 years because this is the government you get when you have the Constitution after 230 years. So, I mean... You know, the, you know what the word is? The word is judicial restraint. It means the same thing now as it meant back then, just without the technology. I don't know what you're talking about. um, It's called judicial restraint. They have too much activism in the Supreme Court. You know, it's called judicial activism. So they, run they, into the Supreme they, Court they, and grab them and shake some sense into them, This is them, the right? thing about the Constitution, oh, no, though. No, the consti- I, wait a second. Me. The Constitution is the document that gives the Supreme Court appellate jurisdiction. Therefore, the Constitution says the Supreme Court says the sky is bull- is purple, then the sky suddenly is purple. And it doesn't matter what you say. You can scream to the high heavens judicial restraint, but the Constitution is in fact only written for the Supreme Court. It is not written for you. But you know what the thing is, though? It doesn't give them the right to do treason. Article 3, Section 3 of our Constitution says that it's punishable by death to do treason. But you don't decide what treason is. This is the problem with the Constitution. The Constit, you know what government the Constitution brings because we have the government the Constitution brings. The Constitution was a sad little compromise with the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists trying to come up with some, you know, there was some disputes between the states or whatever, and this is what it was. This is what happens. 
I disagree. I, I, I know. Believe, you, know what I, you know, if you're a true I conservative, I, shouldn't you appreciate the Articles of Confederation over the Constitution? I'm not a conservative. Yeah, you, I'm a you jumped to a conclusion, Mark. I'm just, I just I think I'm not it's a, nonsense. I'm not a conservative. Left-right paradigm's a joke. I'm a constitutionalist. And let me tell you, our con- I mean, our Declaration of Independence says our rights come from God, not mankind. Yeah, but the Declaration you know of what? Independence is a rhetorical document with no binding power. So I'd like to follow your original point a little bit further, Joe. Let's take it uh, to whatever conclusion it comes to. So you were advocating that people go in and grab Barack Obama. Then what? A million, a million people do that. We do that. A million. To, uh, okay. and Sotomayor, we need to do that. To Eric Holder, we as a nation need grab to stop. Now, what do you want to do when you grab them? What do we need to do? We yeah, need you, to hold them for treason. Hold the them. People, the people. Are we going to use the judges that they appointed? We need to get them all. We need to get rid of them also. They don't support our rights. So, they, you're, going to, so you're going to appoint your own judges. We're going to have the people actually have an election. This doesn't sound very constitutional, what you're talking about here. Hold on. Okay, you're losing me. I just want to to follow, Joe, what your plan is here. Now, My plan is remove these people that are wicked. Does the election happen after you seize these human beings and uh, put them into a trial of some sort? No. They're they're either executed or put in prison a long time for their crime. Or, you know, know, because they've broken our... Rule of law. They've broken God's law. They've broken. No, I the just want to just hold on. Okay, you don't have to. You know, get if off we on had that, rule I... of law, they wouldn't be in charge. <sighs> All right. Look, I just well, want to understand what your plan is. Hold on, now, guys. I just want to understand what Joe's plan is. So, you want to get a million people, go to Washington D.C. and just start arresting uh, politicians and and judges and people like that. Just Democrats. Have you heard? Of, have you heard of the Tenth Amendment? What does it say? It says the rights of the states and the people, not the federal. Not the government. That's our right. Well, here in New Hampshire, the Tenth Amendment uh, of the New Hampshire Constitution actually does say that you have the right to uh, nullify governments that uh, that are out of control. But they don't say you get to do it violently. Uh, now, but I, again, I want to just follow what you're saying here. So you go, you grab these people, and then uh, chain them up, right? And then you form some. You, do you go in the courthouse and take that over too? Bingo, because okay. it's like this, you know. So you go in, you storm the courthouse. Now, of course, you're probably going to be losing some uh, some lives during this process because likely the you know the military is going to be trotted out uh, to protect these uh, these individuals. Yeah, so, Washington D.C. is like a fortress. How many how many people are you willing to uh, you know subject to uh, death uh, as a result of you know this particular plot? Let me ask you one question before we go into this. Have you ever heard of the man John the Baptist in the Bible? Yeah. You know what John the Baptist said? He said, don't cut off a limb. He said, cut it the roots first. You need This whole system is corrupt. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The root of the Constitution is corrupt. The the Constitution is a corrupt document that allows a majority, 50% plus one, to rule over minority, 50% minus one. That's corrupt. It's tyranny, and it's never going to be okay. If you want to rewrite the Constitution to have some kind of uh, unity government where, you know, politicians have to come into agreement 100% to create laws or something, I might agree with you that you can create something like that to go on into the future. But if you have the opportunity to undo the Constitution, then you have the opportunity to create something even better than that. You can have real liberty. All right. So I want to fa- I want to flesh this out a little bit further, uh, because but while work. I'm completely opposed to violence as a solution, I'm fascinated by what you think will actually be 
uh, possible here, Joe. So you want to go ahead and uh, and storm the the you know Washington D.C. You're probably going to lose some lives, but let's say you're successful. You manage to defeat the uh, the military and the courts, uh, you know, guards. About uh, all the court, veterans. Court about security. all the Vietnam veterans. Just hold on. I just I'm going to put you on hold. The drones here, Joe. will blow them out of the sky with hellfire missiles. Hang on, Joe. Stand by. <laughs> from, I from a mountain on high in Denver, Colorado. This ain't right, 1776 anymore, buddy. <laughs> settle not, down. You're settle not down. fighting. Yeah. You're not fighting with equal weapons anymore. He's going to have the veterans on his side. He says. That's so right. whatever, bring Joe back. If you'll old stick people. with us. Joe, hang on. I want to hear more about your plot to uh, take over Washington, D.C. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Don't forget, you can support the program by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through the links you'll find there, Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. Uh, that whatever it is you buy. So even if you're buying used items through Amazon, we'll still get a cut of that. And if you're buying brand new and getting free super safer shipping, as you do on a lot of their brand new items, we'll get a cut of that as well. When you enter through shop.freetalklive.com, again, shop.freetalklive.com, get your shopping taken care of and help Free Talk Live all at the same time. Now, Joe had uh, dropped off the line during the break, but he's back uh, and he has a plan. And uh, Nemi, you wanted to invite Joe into the Free Talk Live chat room. That's right, at chat.freetalklive.com. Now, chat.freetalklive.com gives you the full screen chat page. That's true. There's uh, also... Uh, widget on cam.freetalklive.com right that way you can actually watch and listen to the show and chat at the same time but yeah so what are the chatters want to talk to this guy the, or yeah they're interested in seeing um it, you know what he has to say well it, they're going to find out what he has yeah. to say here because we're going to bring him back on the uh back on the air now joe uh you called in to advocate violence tonight and of course i generally am opposed <laughs> to uh violence as a solution to uh any kind of problems i think violence tends to beget violence but nonetheless I, I you know i figured let's let's dig in here let's see exactly what your plan is uh you want to take washington dc back for people who believe in the constitution as you proclaim to uh you want to get a million people to dc to where you will then storm various different government buildings uh you will then arrest government bureaucrats you will then take like uh you know like a barack obama you mentioned eric holder you will then let me let me set the record straight okay i didn't say just do violence i said if diplomacy fails like our constitution says Mm -hmm. it's our right and our responsibility to you know overthrow a regime i mean what do you what you're gonna wait for them to for the nazi or the communist or whatever you want to call them to kick down your door and say you're going to the fema camps that don't exist by the way you're going there you know we're taking your family if you don't like it we're going to kill you on spot 
No, I'm not going to wait for that. I'm getting active to uh, work for more freedom in my lifetime with other people that care about liberty and who are doing things peacefully to achieve more of it uh, in our lifetime. I I think I I started us out on the wrong foot on this one, Joe. I truly feel your frustration. I was there a few years ago. I believe that the Constitution was this document that was passed down to, uh, you know, George Washington on Mount Vernon, um, you know, by God and, uh, you know, interpreted to us by uh, the great Abraham Lincoln or whatever. You know, all these folks uh, believe that essentially it's this document from on high. But what you really have there, uh, you know, and and my opinion changed over time. And my opinion changed. And, uh, you know, what I found frustrating is that you can't change your opinion in one, you know, in a moment when I didn't change mine in a moment. So it's really unfair. But really, it comes down to this document, the Constitution, uh, that you that you like. And remember, the Constitution was put in place by violent people, a majority of violent people. So the suggestion that violence be used against a group of people that was um, that their government was instituted by violence really isn't that radical of a of a notion until you realize that these people now have the most destructive force on the planet at their disposal and that they will wipe out you and your veteran friends if you attempt to do this. My argument is this. See, our founding fathers didn't do it. They were pushed into a corner. They tried doing peaceful protest, activism, all that stuff. But the opposing army of tyrants, they they didn't murder. They forced it. It's self-defense, you know, and that stuff, that's... It's justified. So would they you say it's time, though? I mean, would you say you well, said diplomacy first? Would you say there's been about enough of that and that it's time to go ahead and storm the Capitol? Bright, are you in the corner now? Well, uh, well America, these these uh, communists, you know, UN people and the bureaucrats, they've sold out our rights to special interest groups. How in the hell is that not treason? I'm, and I'm asking, I'm asking you if you are painted into that corner now, or if this is something that you just see coming down the road. That that's right now. That's America, and I'm an American citizen with God-given constitutional so rights. So you are ready to so storm you know the Capitol. I just right. want to make sure we're clear. Yeah. So let's go back uh, no, to the, no, no, the no, plot. I have. I have let this. me finish. What I was trying to say is that you know, let me give you an analogy. What about all these veterans that are returning from war? They got all these promises from, and Uncle Sam can't cash that check. Well, the, the, sad, the sad thing is, is the American what? citizens have been uh, rolling over and uh, licking their undersides for the government uh, for for generations. The veterans do they what they they've done what they just because you say it doesn't make make it possible, Joe. The th- the problem with vi- violent revolution is that you have to get people willing to die on your side. The, that's the, one of the reasons think, that civil action you know tends to work better. Me and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people worldwide like freedom we don't like slavery and you know what what about all the veterans out there that saw who they were really fighting for and stuff after you know and they came back and they couldn't even get decent work the constitution allows slavery oh look have you ever seen that movie rambo one (laughs) joe wait the constitution allows slavery you said you like freedom and what i'm trying to point out to you is the constitution she ain't about freedom well, you know what? It is about freedom. And see, our rights from, yes. from God. You're wrong. Man. No, if your rights oh. come from God, what's that have to do with the Constitution? It has to do that the founding fathers weren't deists like the liberal agenda says. This, they were Christians. Well, quite, they, they, uh, no, morality. Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Morality. Wait, I thought you were morality. outside Just, the right left wait, 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 wait. Morality doesn't have anything to do with religion either. Morality is, a, is, a, is an operating system for getting along well in life. Oh, I beg to differ. The original 13 constitutions for the original 13 states 
had a requirement in the text. If you don't believe it, go and research it. That you have to be a professing Protestant Christian. They believe that this was necessary to the balancing of a just society. If you can't, be, if you're not afraid of something that's immortal, you know, to judge you, how can you be expected would, to be truthful in front of human beings? Would you Jesus? You talk about. So you're a Christian, Joe? Absolutely. Would, Je- would Jesus you know, uh, join your little uh, revolution, your violent revolution? Well, you know what? It, it, it isn't. It's is that a no? Self-defense. Yes, he would. He's oh, it's not, in self-defense. Does, so, does Jesus prefer two, two, three rounds or five, oh, six? That's not funny. Why? Why are you mocking me? Because you're talking <laughs> about Jesus joining your revolution and, and killing people. <laughs> and killing people. I'm just asking you. Does oh. Jesus prefer tumbling two, two, three right. rounds of the what? The, isn't it the European five, oh, six? I really don't know what I'm talking about. Seven, six, two by three, nine. Look, awesome. Thank here, you. Here's the basic thing. Okay. <laughs> Jesus likes seven. And Luke, in Luke twenty-two, I think twenty-six, he tells the disciples. You sell your coat and buy a sword if you don't have one. Yep. Unjust war is a murder, but you have an, you have a right and a responsibility to protect your family. First Timothy mm-hmm. it says Joe, before you go on, sure, there's all kinds of excuses for violence out there. You know, yeah. we really need it for the promo. Could you just repeat that Jesus wants that seven two six round just for me? <laughs> I didn't say that. Hey, Joe, <laughs> all right, can, can we get back He's to more mad than you were? Joe, earlier. can we get back to this uh, this plot Such a here? Liberal trash. I just, I, Joe, I, I, Joe. I thought you were part. I thought you were outside of the left right spectrum. I'm an elected Republican, Joe. Oh, he dropped Uh-oh. off. I thought he was outside of the left-right spectrum. Didn't he tell us earlier that yeah. he he was outside? He'd have risen right. above the left-right spectrum, yeah, and then he right. uh, He's con- concludes by calling us liberals. Uh, look, I'm not a liberal. I'm not a conservative, and I am definitely outside. It's hard of the left, to internalize right spectrum. this stuff. It that took me fun. years. What happens after though? I mean, he's he just hung up, so we don't get to find out. I, I really wanted to continue, uh, you know, his plot. So he was going to take over D.C. He was going to the you people know, that he wants to get in charge. People get in charge, right? And, uh, and then he was going to, you know. Defeat the military and the police and the sheriffs with his uh, team of veterans. Of course, he doesn't know about their secret uh, weapon, which is the Boy Scouts, who've been secretly training, apparently. We found this out last night. Uh, One of our callers said that uh, the Boy Scouts are secretly training to fight angry military veterans who are going to try to uh, overthrow the government. That doesn't someday. seem very likely to me. No, it doesn't. It's ridiculous. But uh, wow. anyway, so so they, they're they going to take uh, Barack Obama and Eric Holder and all the other uh, politicians that they don't like, string them up on uh, some sort of uh, new court system. They're going to take over the courts. And then I guess they're just going to go ahead and install their buddies, right? Because that's how it works. When you do a violent takeover, you then have all of the assets of the former government at your disposal once you've defeated enough of the government agents that are trying to defend their uh, – their status quo. You then have all of their assets at your disposal, the spoils of war, and uh, then you uh, I, I, I weak to believe that he'll then reinstate the Constitution in the way that he thinks it should be interpreted? Is that the idea? That's the problem with the Constitution. It's a relatively fluid document that's only intended to be interpreted by the Supreme Court, or at least you know that's how it's ended up. And of course he's going to have to uh, really start to crack down, because I imagine if he takes D.C. by force, is which is what his plan is, if he takes D.C by force and somehow has some miraculous success at that, that, that it's not going to end there. people going to that, take D.C. I right, love this. That it's, that, oh, I don't, did he say it was unarmed? Uh, he was uh, they, about they were just grabbing people. 
You don't need guns to grab. You need guns to get into the room right. where they Jesus keep the man. Jesus wouldn't carry a, a 506 round or whatever he's talking wouldn't carry an AK-47. Well, not just if, gonna... if he's Jesus, he just needs his bare hands anyway, right? 855-450-FREE. Right. That's God's the SACL CAI toll free line. out of those people. That's Look, right. violence doesn't work. It doesn't. It's not a Put solution. It is not going to bring about more freedom. We can talk more about that here. From the pigs to the pigs. Coming up in hour number three, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this No, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make Wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you're scared of property. What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com. third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian here. Nami. And Mark. And uh, again, 855-450-FREE is the number here. Rod is on the line in Massachusetts to start things out. We still have to talk about violence, but I know, Rod, you want to address the last caller that we had. For those uh, listeners just just tuning in, we just got off the phone on the last hour with Joe, who was essentially advocating a violent takeover of Washington, D.C. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, hey guys, how you doing? Yes, sir, good, um, great. What Go I wanted to bring up was that his view of the Constitution is that it's something special. And what I want to say is that it's not the Constitution that makes this country great, it's the ideas of liberty that made the Constitution great for its time. I'd agree and, with that. And um, in in studying the ideas of liberty and learning about them and in learning them better than the founding fathers knew them, we can create something much better than the Constitution if we had a chance to do it over again. Sure, it's 230-year-old technology. I mean, if you want to write a governing document that uh, ensconces the ideas of freedom, you know, uh, not being surrounded by people that believed in feudalism ought to help. Absolutely. And slavery. So instead of trying to get back to the past, like there were the good old days, I look forward to the future. I think we can do better. And what we need is to open our eyes to opportunities instead of repeating the mistakes of the past. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great to me, Rod. Something else I wanted to bring up, though, um, to change the subject for a moment. Sure. Is earlier this week, I think, Mark said something about fractions being useless and that sticks off the math major in me. So I just wanted to address that for a moment. Sure. What do you like about fractions? Fractions are awesome. <laughs> no. Um, it's, some computation is just easier in fractions than they are in decimals. I, I would mean, agree with one that. Ninth What's that? Represent it as a decimal. Like one over nine as yeah. a decimal. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's, one repeating. It's but true. One ninth. 
yeah. But I mean, you know, in Europe, they don't use fractions pretty much at all, right? Really? I don't know about that. That's what I've been told. I mean, I, mean, I can't, uh, you know, I, I I haven't gone to high school in Europe, so I don't know. But when you're dealing with a metric system and you're not, uh, you know, making uh, half a teaspoon or anything like that, everything's a certain amount of grams and those kind of things, it would make sense that they probably wouldn't even bother learning fractions. Fractions aren't even really a number. They're a math problem. Uh, you know, it's one divided by nine is one ninth. Well, it's another way of yeah. representing a number. That's correct. It's a different representation. Yeah, in the case of the metric system, it's all in base 10. So dividing by 10 is easy as, you know, moving uh, the decimal place one in a certain direction under base in uh, the decimal system. If you want to work in a different base, then you have to use fractions because if you divide by four, it's not that easy. You know, I hope when Joe takes over uh, Washington, D.C. with his band of angry veterans that this is one of the first things they switch. We really need to get on the metric system. The metric system is so much better. And to some extent, it creates a 10-based society, too, because when you don't have people trying to figure out what, uh, you know, how many uh, how many ounces there are in a pint or whatever, doing one-sixteenth or, you know, those kind of things, uh, you know, it just creates this uh, sort of culture around tenths. Obviously, you're not going to be able to do that on everything. I mean, if you have a, a house that's divided into three quadrants, you know, clearly that's not going not to work. But I mean, yeah, it, it, to some extent, it creates its own um, reality. Okay, well, it was good talking to you Rob, guys. Thanks for the call, sir. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. So I just want to go back to what Joe was talking about in the last hour, this uh, fantasy that is probably a fairly common one amongst people that are frustrated with the government. Uh, the you know the violent fantasy that if we just get enough people together and arm up, we can go and storm the Capitol he and take a it over for people, the Constitution. He wanted a million people to go and grab Barack Obama and the, the rest of them. Um, they seem to be mostly Democrats that he was uh, uh, rattling off. But whatever, you know, grab the liberals. And let's point out that we that Ron Paul who is probably the standard bearer of the constitution these days couldn't get a million people to vote for him in the republican primary a million people uh, even if they were democrats you know independents how many did vote for him i don't know i'd have to find the numbers but the percentage of the population in new hampshire was the highest and his vote totals in new hampshire weren't you know stunning i can't remember what his uh, percentage i'd be curious to know that now, now you made me curious what how many people did vote for him how many total Paul? people voted for yeah. him you'd have to consider that some of them would have to go to caucuses but remember you're asking for people willing to die for their cause so somebody I'm willing, not asking for that well, joe the, was the joe is asking for people willing to die for their cause so um, Somebody willing to give up an afternoon to go to a caucus should be willing, uh, should be at least, uh, you know, the, the the person willing to die should be at least that willing, right? So Ron Paul should have, if you have a million, million, million people willing to die, what, 10 million people should have voted for Ron Paul because one in every 10, right, would be willing to die? I mean, this is, it's a ludicrous scenario. It's hard enough to get 20,000 people to move to New Hampshire and, and get acted peacefully. It's evidence of the people that believe in the ideas of liberty. I like Joe's on the path too. I mean, you know, I'm willing to give him you the band. Well, we don't know. Uh, he, he's a constitutionalist. He it says. sounds pretty good. He's he didn't call into a radio program to advocate the uh, the violent overthrow of the government on constitutional principles because he's not a constitutionalist, Ian. Oh, I'm not doubting that, but just because he's a well, I mean, remember, maybe he supports slavery. The Constitution supported slavery, right? He didn't have that sound, and who does? I don't know. We didn't get to talk to him long enough. Yeah, uh, you, you, Come on, man. Go out on a limb here. Take an intellectual... 
I don't want to give Joe any tiny credit. He's step. violent. No, he's not. And uh, he's, he's not a violent man. He's, he's advocating a man. violence. He's, he's certainly he's advocating dangerous. Violence. He's yeah. frustrated. He's about killing the president. Come on. Come on. He wanted. No, he's not. He's only going to kill the he president if nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine <laughs> other people will. Um, so <laughs> he said he only wanted to put him on trial. Then they could legally kill then him. Then they'll after lynch the, him uh, yeah. um, or whatever. Not lynch. I guess that's not the right term to use with a uh, partially black president. But they, he was talking about kidnapping him. Uh, which is probably almost as bad. Uh, look, I, th- I want to make it clear that I think that Joe has a really the wrong idea. But these are and ideas that are not dissimilar from ideas that you and I have no. had in the past. Like I said, or like you said in the last hour, you could relate to him. I've been frustrated too. I was angry in the past. I was, you know, ready to arm up and, uh, you know, take them out if uh, they came for me. That sort of thing. And then I had hope restored, and I because I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and saw people engaging in activism that uh, I didn't know was even possible, like doing civil disobedience uh, and other interesting things. And and then I I lost it. I, I set it aside. I put it away, and it's not even an option for yeah, me anymore. I don't anymore. feel it. And then I sometimes I, get frustrated and yell at the radio, and you know have these feelings like like this. They they are a hint of what was in the past, mm-hmm. but they're a hint. I mean, now it doesn't have the same burn for you. No, when when you can actually get politicians elected that care about liberty, because you can't do that in the forty nine other states. No wonder Joe is frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, he knows that the the that the uh, the United States, Washington D.C. is ping ponging between the Republicans and Democrats on its way to hell. He knows it. He can see it, and he's right. But his solution stinks. His solution is the solution that brought us Washington D.C. Absolutely, violence begets violence. It always has, and as far as I'm concerned, it always will. If you want peace, and that's what I want. Maybe Joe doesn't want peace. Uh, if you want peace, then peace has to be your means. Uh, peace is the way. Well, he you wants freedom. And you can't have freedom without peace. Peace well, he is wants freedom for Joe. How do you and, and his family. Right. We don't yeah. know what Joe wants as far as his viewpoint is concerned. He's, he did say he was a Christian. He also said he's willing to use violence. So any Christian willing to use violence, I automatically is, question I their morals. A, 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 a frustrated and confused individual, I would agree. Yeah, I, I automatically question his morals in regards to what he would he, do. He, Remember, he, quoted, he was talking about morality and how important it was. It was in the Constitution. This is the problem so. I have with the Bible and the Constitution. These are ambiguous documents that allow whomever they, they please to say whatever they want and cloak themselves right. in the, 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 the garments of righteousness. So for all we you know, can be a violent, tyrannical killer and a, a Christian at the same time. There have been lots and lots of people who have done it. Uh, Ivan the so Terrible is probably the single best person as this example, but I'm sure you can find you know some good Christian that's a killer in the United States using the Constitution, well, too. So what happens to Joe when his little plot succeeds? It wouldn't. But if it did, uh, you know, what happens to him when he seizes the reins of power? Then all of a sudden. Somebody else doesn't like what he does. Right. Then all of a sudden it becomes Joe's theocracy, where Joe's going to force his uh, moral viewpoint down on everyone. Maybe Joe means freedom from having to see any gay people in the streets. Who knows what freedom means uh, to Joe? 855 450 free, because again, he said morality was so important, and he knows what morality is, but uh, his version of it is probably different from the rest of us. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line you can bring up whatever you want if uh, you hear somebody talking like joe about violence i would recommend you talk to him about peace and then get the hell away from them it's free talk live
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Grab archives. They go all the way back to late 2006, and they are all free. Just click and download as many as you'd like. You can uh, download the last week's worth right from the top of the page. Go to the archives section and download a whole bunch more. Or alternately, and maybe even better... You can go to the SoundCloud page where not only do you get archives of Free Talk Live, but you also get access to the Edgington Post. And uh, you can do that. Look on the left-hand side of freetalklive.com and you'll see the link there to the SoundCloud page. That's what you can click on to see the full uh, list of shows, including Edgington Post, which is Mark's interview series that he has recently broken off from our regular podcast or our regular archives and is now its own separate Sort of product, sort of separate. It's still listed in the same list of shows as the rest of our regular shows. But you'll see what I mean when you go to the SoundCloud page. Go to freetalklive.com, look on the left for the SoundCloud link under Listen and Share. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round uh, piece, it is a beautiful piece of silver. It's it's one ounce, and um, it's from the Lakota Bank, it's, which is a you know it's an Indian tribe. That's, uh, to some extent, some of them have uh, claimed freedom from the federal government, and it's a uh, it's a really great way to get some silver in your hand because well, it looks like uh, metals are poised to move upward here. Certainly, the federal government hasn't stopped printing money. It's also a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com, look at uh, the Lakota Nation Silver Round. It's right there, along with the Ludwig von Mises Silver Round, the uh, Mises Pieces, and all kinds of others. Uh, actually, the Lakota Nation uh, Copper Round is there, too. And you can uh, get them gold, silver, copper, whatever you want to get at gold.freetalklive.com. All right. So, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Uh, Mark, I know that you wanted to tell us about the EBT situation. Now, this is the uh, the card that we've discussed in past weeks on the program. There was news uh, that hit nationwide, actually, from nearby Peterborough, New Hampshire, uh, where a lady operating a, a store, convenience store of some sort, uh, had a man attempt to pay for a pack of cigarettes with one of these EBT welfare cards. Mm-hmm. And she she didn't think that was appropriate, so she refused to sell the cigarettes to the man. She ended up being fired from her job because of that, because the store manager would rather have the $3 than somebody making a decision about what someone can or can't buy at his, uh, his store, and or uh, five bucks or whatever a pack of cigarettes costs these days. And there is, you know, a lot of controversy about this. Now, do we? Did I hear that this lady got hired elsewhere? Is she? Is she still looking? I for haven't work? heard an update from her beyond uh, appearing in front of the New Hampshire House of Representatives with uh, the House Speaker Bill O'Brien to, you know, champion his new legislation that wants to crack down on abuses of the system such as this. 
Well, I don't know how I feel about more crackdowns or anything like that. I, I I don't think anything that increases the size of government is a very very good idea. I would advocate for uh, just getting rid of the the system entirely. But this is a federal program, is it not? I believe CBT so. Thing? Yes. So uh, you could always just cut ties with the federal government, and then uh, that problem would uh, would be solved. But there was news, Mark, about this particular EBT situation or some sort of an opinion piece that you wanted to share with us. Yeah, this is from uh, from the Monitor here, um, New Hampshire dot watchdog dot org as if you want to go see it it's written by grant bossy now this is the same newspaper that was not allowed into a news conference with the guy you just mentioned this yeah, state the house, house speaker speaker the reason it that was given for uh, the Concord Monitor reps being locked out of the the news conference was um, the Concord show uh, the Concord Monitor chose to run uh, a political cartoon depicting Bill O'Brien the the house chair as a uh, or the house speaker as uh, Adolf Hitler and they didn't they didn't retract it so he they're getting the snub yeah and and it makes yeah. him look really bad you know when he doesn't let a, a newspaper into his press conference essentially because it does make him look like a little uh, petty tyrant in my opinion so uh, he walked right into that one but uh, so this Grant Bossy guy now isn't yeah. he a righty he is a bit, a bit of a righty, but you know, here in New Hampshire, the righties tend to be a bit more libertarian than, than most. All right. So what's he have to say? So he says, everyone agrees that welfare recipients shouldn't be able to waste our money on alcohol and cigarettes. Apparently the welfare recipients don't agree. Everyone is wrong. Convenience store clerk Jackie Witten, is that her name? Yeah. Um, became a champion against welfare waste by refusing to sell cigarettes to a customer using his state electronic benefits transfer card. This united even House Speaker Bill O'Brien and the Monitor editorial in calling for tighter restriction on EBTs. The problem with such reforms is that it leads to nanny state bureaucracy trying to micromanage the lives of low-income families. Since the 1990s, New Hampshire has been replacing the paper checks it sent to welfare recipients with EBTs. These cards work much like your debit card and can be reloaded by several state and federal welfare programs. Taking the paper out of the system saves the state a lot of money and removes some of the social stigma that came from cashing in food stamps. Not everyone agrees that this last feature is a good idea. I am one. Me too. Uh, the State Department of Health and Human Services Division of Family Assistance uses the EBT card for food stamps, as well as temporary assistance to needy families and aid to the temporarily and permanently disabled. Division Director Terry Smith says the U.S. Department of Agriculture has placed restrictions on what may or may not be purchased with food stamps, and retailers have to train employees to handle customers buying ineligible items, whether they're cigarettes or paper towels. The client has the choice of food stamps or cash. The allowable food stamp purchases are monitored by the clerk to make sure that they're allowable, Smith explained. The non-allowable items are then purchased with cash from the same card. Smith says clients can't withdraw food stamp benefits as cash, but that other programs on EBT cards have no more restrictions than putting a check in the bank. Congress has even mandated that uh, states should block EBT cards at casinos, liquor stores, and strip clubs by 2014. So they don't even necessarily do that now. I think that's a very interesting point, isn't it? But even then... There would be nothing preventing a welfare recipient from taking temporary assistance to needy family funds out of an ATM and walking across the street for a whiskey and a lap dance. (laughs) Temporary assistance for needy families benefits are capped at 60 months with limited hardship exemptions. 
The Obama administration last week moved to waive these restrictions, both in violation of the law and the best interests of those receiving the assistance. (laughs) More beer and cigarettes for everybody. (laughs) If we want our welfare programs to promote self-sufficiency rather than dependency, welfare benefits must be both modest and temporary. They need not be overly prescriptive, however. We can't hope to lift people out of poverty by micromanaging their day-to-day purchases. If we're going to send cash assistance to low-income families, we have to accept that they will spend some of that money in ways that many of us will find wasteful. Must we? We have to accept? Well, that's the problem. I mean, all of the discussion about welfare presumes that government has to be doing these things. Or the government. Well, the government at this point, Grant is talking as a state. As a state of New Hampshire, the state of New Hampshire has no option. The go- and you know other sure, than can't they nullify? Can't they? They could. Like, they could. You. They could nullify. Nullify, but they have little option. I mean, it would be a very strong stance for Na- New Hampshire to to decide to step up to the federal government. The first thing that they say to the federal government is, "We're not taking any, uh, you know, temporary assistance for needy families. No, we're not kicking out the companies that build the military-industrial complex. We're not telling your IRS agents that they can't have offices in the state. We're saying that no, that you're not going to give. That's ma- why it all needs funds. to be done at once through secession. More coming up here 855-453-1855-450-3733 there's more to this piece oh yeah we'll oh, yes. here in moments uh 855-453 you take control as well your thoughts are welcome about whatever's on your mind this is free talk live on free talk live we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation investment and barter currency We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-453. Should you like to take control of the airwaves, you may do so. This is Free Talk Live, and that's the point of the program. You can bring up anything you want, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got the Bitcoin tip jar that allows you to uh, throw a tip in the uh, Bitcoin tip jar. If you've got Bitcoins, that is. If you don't have them, what are you waiting for? You can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. There's some useful links that will help you learn more about the Bitcoin, and we're going to tell you about some of those. Well, yeah, you can go to weusecoins.org and watch a video on the Bitcoin, and it's got all the relevant uh, links there for you, basically, to, uh, to, to get started in your journey about finding out about Bitcoins. And Bitcoins, in my estimation, are already changing the Internet, and before it's all over, they're going to change the world. Um, they're to me, they're the most important uh, invention since the the invention of the internet. And you can get bitcoins if you want to get some. You can trade your regular, um, you know, what what do they call it, uh, bricks and mortar currency for um, for digital currency at bitinstant.com. It's a you know, it's a website that allows you to. Uh, you know, get a link, or I guess, I guess uh, some kind of code so that you can deposit money at more than seven hundred thousand locations. Soon, it'll be a million locations worldwide. Um, you know, many in the United States, major banking places, Walmart, uh, CVS, Seven Eleven, all kinds of places, and you can get bitcoins as a result. So it's uh, bitinstant.com. I've worked with them. I trust them. Bitinstant.com. 
All right, so our number here, 855-450-FREE. We're talking about the EBT cards, which uh, kind of came into the news a couple weeks ago as a store clerk was refusing to sell cigarettes to someone holding one of these cards. Uh, that resulted in some controversy, and now there's still some back and forth between different people who uh, have different opinions about this. Some people want to essentially regulate these EBT cards further as far as what different uh, uses they could be used for, which of course is going to entail, if that happens, going to entail a whole lot more bureaucracy as far as I can tell. How? I, I mean, here's here's my view on this. If they are able to limit the food stamp portion of this card – why are they not able to limit the other portions of the car? They're limiting it through training clerks, which making is, agents out of the right. uh, cl- the cashiers at various stores. That's not true because if, That's if what you it says. well, it may be what it says, but okay. if you go to the supermarket, you, they um on the little scan barcode thing. When I, whenever it goes through the reader, you can see whether it's eligible for food stamp purchase mm-hmm. or not. So it's it's a matter of deploying a, a software update, well, in my opinion. Well, okay, now you're forcing every single store to rewrite their software to you know make sure that it's going to be compliant with whatever the provisions of each state government are, because the state governments are what we're talking about are going to make these changes, not necessarily the federal government. So, you know... Uh, what's the fine for the store if they uh, do the wrong thing and let somebody buy paper towels when they're not supposed to buy paper towels? Right, or- and if, the, if you know, word comes in that a store is allowing someone to buy paper towels when they're not supposed to be, then you've got to have the sting operation come in and you've got undercover cops trying to buy cigarettes and paper towels and they're testing the uh, the employees. I mean, essentially, you've already got these employees doing X, Y, and Z for government. Now you're advocating they're doing A, B, and C as well. And I think that's a really bad uh, thing to, to suggest. Grant Bossy goes on here. Hold on. We'll get to the, uh, Grant Bossy <laughs> in a moment. David's on the line in Keene. You're on Free Talk Live, David. Hi. I was just going to chime in and say, I'm glad that lady got fired. I think it's right that she got fired. She shouldn't She shouldn't act like she can decide how people live their lives. And she also shouldn't be able to decide uh, who gets to buy what. She's the cashier. That's all. I agree Nothing with you, David. More. She's not running the store, so um, ultimately... It was I admire full. her courage. The store it's, owner was within his rights to fire her, though. She well, was sure. Her, she, because technically what she was doing was not illegal. I, or wasn't wasn't legal, excuse me, I misspoke. I admire her courage. I mean, she believed what she believed that it was wrong for somebody to buy cigarettes with uh, what what she considered to be food stamps. I mean, you know, there's there's a there's a slice of pie difference between these and food stamps, but not much. And she wouldn't do it. So I well, admire I, her courage. I agree. I mean, good for her for making a stand for what she believes in. But sometimes when you do that, you, you lose fired. your job. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree completely. So, David, David, okay, David would you support? Um, changing what is uh, would you support um, limiting cigarette purchases on these cards with the cash benefits or are you down with with people buying smokes and beer with taxpayer uh, dollars well i I would lean on the side of less government control, which I guess would allow them to buy things. Why not get the government out of it entirely? We've talked about this before as well. Yeah. I just rely on on 
private charities. Well, right, because private charities are going to be much more interested <laughs> in making sure that their money is spent appropriately. The Mormons sure aren't going to buy your cigarettes if you're out of money. David, thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> right. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. So what more did you want to share from this? Please? Cracking down on uh, EBT would u- um, use would require the same costly and inefficient bureaucracy that conservatives oppose and liberals only deny exists <laughs> under Obamacare. Uh, okay, cigarettes and booze are out. Could you use an EBT card to take your wife out to dinner once a month? How many meals? Could she get the lobster and a cocktail or just the chicken? Is dessert covered Mm. or is uh, steak and seafood too expensive? I'm obviously in the wrong business because if I can't afford to take my my person out to dinner um, once a month, I should really be on welfare. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, you know I, what I mean. I, I hear, yeah, I hear sure. your complaint, and it's a real I, draw for welfare. I, I understand it's 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 difficult. I mean, when you know when somebody is too proud or too makes a little little too much money to get these benefits. I mean, you probably have never even looked into them. You probably don't know what the threshold is. Because, I would rather starve right, myself. You just don't see it as a, an option for yourself, and I admire and applaud that too. I do see that um, that you know what what Bossy's saying here is that uh, you know it's this isn't as the easiest thing in the world to me. It does seem like you could limit cigarettes and booze, and you'd be you'd you'd take one long giant leap towards uh, success until they go to the ATM, pull out the cash, and then go buy go, it. Go buy it. So what's the point? No so, ATM. Well, I don't think. Why not? Be- why not just go back to food stamps? Uh, I, well, cool. the food stamps are expensive uh, in sending them out and the mail and processing them and all that stuff. I mean, there's real they're real hard assets. It's a lot easier to move it to the the card. But you could make it. Why do people's electronic benefits have to be, uh, you know, uh, withdrawable from an ATM? I mean, it would seem like you could make a relatively easy software upgrade that says no cigarettes, no booze, um, and, you know, no yeah. ATMs. Online I mean, banking. really, is it just for crack? Is that the only reason we have them to be able to uh, to withdraw their, their benefits? I don't know why. Well, I can always go and, uh, you know, I could use it to buy other products and then trade with people. I mean, they're, they're going to find ways oh, they to get will. their cigarettes. It will be less efficient, though. They are going to find their cigarettes, but you're not supposed to make it easy on them. As far as I'm concerned, you want cigarettes, go, you know, work the corner. I don't care. Do what other addicts do. So is Get there a more? job. Uh, but there's get a that job too. Is good. Yeah. yeah, jobs are jobs are excellent. You can get cash. Well, that's and buy that's your already out of uh, you know. That's not an option. <laughs> they don't want to get a job. They're on welfare. Well, I think that uh, I think for one, these uh, these benefit programs that uh, are meant to get people back on their feet, but then feet and then don't allow them to. I don't think that's true. I think that maybe was the original intention behind the program, but I think that uh, ultimately the pr- pur- purpose of a welfare program is to enrich the middle class bureaucrats who are running the program. And they want to keep their program going, and they want to have more people added to the program. I forget who it was that was talking about this recently, but there is like an effort yeah, amongst the welfare me. people to uh, to get, get more rid, people to get rid of your objections to welfare, Nemi. They want to overcome your objections. You've got all this pride about uh, that's taking right. Care we of talked yourself. about this last week. Yeah, was that yep. your story that you had? No, about that? I think it was yours. Okay, so you don't even remember. But yeah, we talked about this last week, and it's um there. They're coming to tell me what kind of services are available for yeah. me free of charge. Your yeah. mountain pride must be done away with. That's right, because um, it's mountain pride. It's mountain pride. Oh, and, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, 
everybody He's thinks making they could, a great point. Everybody thinks they could administer these programs better than the government, and everybody could administer these programs better sure. than the government. However, the people that they would get to administer the program because no one can do it themselves would be the government. So therefore, we're back in the same position of the people yeah. that no want amount of reform to- is going to solve this problem. Because the government has no intention of get, getting rid of the welfare uh, issue, because it's a big money maker for them. So for all their more money, more people uh, sign up for welfare. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one: share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two: buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three: give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here at 855-453. Even in these remaining moments, there is enough time for you one 855 and you can join us over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Now, if you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find links to various different tools that you can use to help get Free Talk Live into more ears, including flyers that you can print out uh, to distribute. You can post them in various different locations. You can also get web banners and graphics you can utilize on your site, your blog. Uh, Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Also, the instructions on how to get a free bumper sticker are there as well. Again, promote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Michael's in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Michael. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, before I get into it, uh, I just want to say that I love the show and I love all the Megadeth you guys play in between uh, commercials. Oh, thanks. Go ahead with your thoughts. That's Ian's devil music. Yeah. Uh, I love it. But um, anyway, uh, what I wanted to talk about was actually something you guys were, you guys were on for a, a few days ago was about the issue of selected services. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm freshly 18, just graduated high school, ready to go to college, and... Uh, I'm raised by a single parent, my father, and I live in a low-income area. So, college is a pretty big, uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty big deal for me, money-wise. And I have to get federal aid, and in order for me to get federal aid, I have to, so I have to sign up for selected services, mm-hmm. and I am absolutely like anti-war. And, uh, and hearing that just scared the crap out of me because I, none of my family wants to go to war, and I would never ever want to go to war if there was a draft ever. And People were telling me because I'm an only son, and there's a thing called the uh, called the uh, only son clause or something like that. And then other people are telling me it doesn't exist. Do you guys have any uh, insight on that at all? Okay, so uh, back in the original days of the draft, there were certain provisions that would allow someone to get out of uh, the draft. That one sounds familiar uh, to me. I don't know necessarily if those same provisions are going to carry over into the new draft because remember. Uh, the the new draft that is being proposed is going to involve national service programs. So, therefore, if you have this, well, I'm the only son excuse, or I have a religious objection excuse, or whatever the you know whatever the objection is, they'll just say, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just put you over here in the national service program, and you can enforce whatever we say on the on the homeland, or you can uh, go and pack some boxes for the military. You don't have to be in the killing role to work for the government, son. 
uh, that'd be better that, than, than going well, on the battlefield. Also, Snopes says that the uh, only son uh, clause is uh, false. Mm-hmm. That um, th- that you are ex- you're not exempt from military service simply because you're an only child or only son. You are exempt only if one of your siblings or parents, mother, uh, mothers are now included as well, has died as a result of military service. So, mm, you know, okay. only remaining son, not even only remaining son, but just, uh, you know, if if somebody in your family has died as a result of military service, you are uh, exempt from the draft, I guess. There was also the old trick of, uh, I think one of the old tricks was that if you just stayed in college, that somehow you would be able to avoid the draft. Like, you know, oh, I'm in school, I can't go. I think that was one of them as well. Uh, but again, the new draft, they intend to, uh, you know, if, if the, the people that have ideas for this get their way uh, they'll take you straight out of high school and then before you can go to college you'll have to complete your tour of whatever government bureaucracy they uh, they put you in. i'd get in college before uh before, before they came up with their little ideas is what i would do well yeah because i'm actually i'm going into this fall semester but uh, it all presumes I, they're I gonna run it. hold on that presumes that they're, they're gonna run the program the same way it's been run in the past hmm. i'm just saying that's what i would do I would probably avoid college because I think it's a waste of money and time. Depends on what. What do you want to do in college? um, I'm trying to actually get my degree in music. I spent uh, two years in uh, jazz playing guitar, and I'm trying to further my knowledge in music theory and just try to. You're from a you're from a poor family, and um, music is what you want to study. Yes, okay. absolutely. You're, you're going to have to have a degree in uh, music to be successful in music. You better be really really good because it's an incredibly cutthroat business full of people who have more money than sense um oh, you know pe- oh believe me i i have my own band right now and just going through that in the underground scene is a real like it's a real hassle for me mm-hmm. yeah what is it that it's a not music a great way to make degree? money i mean what, well wait a minute what does a music degree bring to a, a career as a musician that experience doesn't if you're gonna be a concert cool. musician from what I've seen, uh, people have gone on to be uh, just college professors in uh, the field of music, or uh, people have become studio musicians, which is something that's a little ideal for me. I'm just becoming a professional musician, and uh, I've seen the pay scale for it, and I think it's now, like... A studio 40. musician needs a degree? Because I don't I think... I can't a, believe it. Yeah, I don't think have, a studio musician How many needs studio musicians have you actually talked to and asked them what their experience has been? Um, the only only studio musician I've ever talked to in my life is actually my uncle who's from uh, Southern California and he basically play he plays on albums and he's filled in for musicians on certain shows and does basically restaurant gigs and I've never really asked him what is what uh, you should do that if, if studio musician is what you're looking to do I thought when you said you were going for music that you were talking about being uh, you know the first violin uh, um, at the you know the, the oh. Philharmonic or something like that in which case you're gonna need a degree to do that but if you're just talking if you're talking about being a, a studio musician that's about contacts that's about the ability to about play who you know yeah skill and contacts it's not about degrees but I don't want to talk about it like I know because I, I'm not a musician and I don't know for sure but so what I would do is if I were you, uh, because I imagine a music degree is going to probably put you in the hole, you know, fifty thousand bucks or whatever. I, I don't. And it's not the kind of career where you make a bunch of money when you jump out of Hell school. No. So here's what I would do: I would take the time to, um, you know, start talking to people at, at studios 
and maybe get an internship at a local uh, if you're going to spend studio. four years going to college the first thing you need, need to do is you need to talk to 10 no fewer than 10 studio musicians and get their opinion on a college degree because right. i'm giving my opinion right now to anybody who's thinking about a career in broadcasting don't waste your money on any kind of degree yeah, so take the time to get to know some of these people and ask them what their uh, their experience has been uh, and how do you make those contacts. I don't know. I would say try an internship at local local recording studios and, and see if that can lead you in some interesting directions. Go and, hang out at the local studios. Right. I mean, find a studio. If you're going to spend all this money on college, find a studio, the, the studio that you like the most, your favorite studio in the whole world, to get a bu- Greyhound bus ticket, go there. And, and hang out on the sidewalk and talk to studio musicians as they come in. I would also suggest um, researching people who do what you want to do and see what they did in terms right. of education. Not right. just talk to them, but I mean, you know, somebody if somebody's famous, did they go to Berkeley? Did they even get a degree or did they major in economics and this is a hobby for them? You know what I well, mean? but not necessarily, you know, the famous people as so much as the ones that are out there doing it as a as a task. I mean, there aren't very many famous uh, studio musicians. Can you name any? I can't off right. the top uh, of my well, head now. Famous to me would be Sean Malone, who played uh, for the band Finn, the jazz fusion metal band. If you ever heard of him, he's a, he's actually a professor. Um, at some state college, I think it's like Mississippi, something right. like Right, now that, if you want to be a college professor, then yeah, you're going to have to go through yep. uh, college. But also keep in mind that being a college professor is an incredibly uh, competitive arena because all these people with these college degrees want to get a job and you know, having a music degree in a lot of, a lot of ways probably isn't going to get you uh, jobs uh, outside, of, outside of academia. And so there's a lot of competition to actually fill those uh, vacancies and there's barely ever vacancies because these college professors will work that job until the day they die or close to it. And so it's very occasional that a college professorship opens up and then there's a heavy competition to get in there. I'm not saying don't do it. You know, if that's your dream, you should follow your dreams. But research your dreams and learn more about other people who have followed a similar path and see what they did to get where they are. And you might be surprised how uh, how little a college degree helps. Or maybe I'm completely wrong and every single person you'll talk to is like, yep, went to college, have to have it. Uh, so, but But you need to know these things before you get started because the last thing you want to do is go to college spend four years of your life uh you know studying something that you've already been studying you already love music you already you know enjoy playing it uh you've already got some level of experience at it uh and these are things you can do on your own if you want to learn about music theory there are colleges that have put uh, their curriculums online so some of these colleges are offering curriculum online for free uh you can take these very same classes it's not about education College isn't about education. College is about a piece of paper you get at the end of the deal. And if you need that piece of paper to do whatever it is you do, you need to go get that piece of paper. If you're going to be a college professor, you need that piece of paper. If you're going to be a studio musician, I'd be willing to bet a great deal of money you don't need that piece of paper. What you need to do is you need to find a studio musician who's willing to mentor you. And mentors can be extraordinarily important. And people, uh, you know, if you talk to anybody in any line of work, they're going to tell you that mentors are extraordinarily important. I'd That's start with an Internship. I'd contact yeah, every sure. uh, every studio in the re- immediate area and ask them if they have internships and start there. Let me work for free. Yep, exactly. It's a lot cheaper than college. It, and and not only do you gain experience, but you also get to meet the people that you need to meet to make Absolutely. the connections you need to make so you don't have to go and blow $50,000. We saved a life debt. tonight, Ian. Maybe. Michael, let us know what happens. And thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Right. See you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com.
Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.